Episode 20. There are so many amazing places to fish, it's doubtful any of us fishing junkies will ever be able to hit them all, but we can certainly do the next best thing, experience them through the eyes of fellow avid anglers who share their most epic adventures with us. Sign up to be our guest on the show today at www.tell.fish guest. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Captain Greg Poland. Captain Greg, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me a part of this. Oh, absolutely. And uh, having been to the Keys a few times myself and being a Florida native, I know there's some uh, definitely some epic fishing down there. So I'm really excited to talk with you today about it. But before we jump into that, how about we just start with you giving us some background on yourself? How I got into this crazy business? Sure, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, bro, I grew up in Miami and I'm 50 years old and I grew up on the banks of the Miami River. My uh, my grandfather was, I guess I am a son of a son of a sailor, just like a Buffett song. My grandfather was uh, a sailor, a captain on a three-masted schooner. Really? And wow. he used to run, yeah, he, he ran rum back and forth from the U.S. to Cuba. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I had the bank accounts of uh, some of the other guys that ran whiskey and stuff like that in, wow. in, the, in the United States, but I've been working my whole life. So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I grew up on the... I grew up on the river in a houseboat, mm-hmm. and I think I started fishing right off the boat as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as I could figure out how to open the back door. What do you What do you remember catching off the boat? You know, on the Miami River, there's a lot of snook to be caught, so I remember catching some snook ah. and catching this weird fish called a look down. Mm-hmm. Catch a lot of those, but um, a lot of fish in that river. There used to be some tarpon as well. I don't know what's in there now, except for a lot of freighters and stuff like that. I yeah. haven't been into the river for years, but on the weekends, I'm an only child. And on the weekends, my dad would put everybody in the station wagon. We'd run down to Key Largo and we had a little trailer and a trailer park and a little Boston whaler. And I used to get in that boat and go fishing all day long, catching lobsters, catching fish, just living the life, man. I mean, for, for 10 bucks, you could fill up your six gallon tank and, get a couple dozen shrimp and you go out and just have a fantastic adventure. So I feel like I'm still doing that now. I did have a little break in between and worked for the FBI for a few years. And, uh, but I just thought to myself, you know, before I got a family, I better get out of that FBI and into this fishing business because it'd be hard to explain to someone that you wanted to take a midlife change like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of what I did years ago and I've been guiding and uh, shooting photography ever since. Yeah, and you mentioned the photography, so I, I snuck a peek at uh, not only some of your fishing pictures, but went to your photography site, which we're going to list with the show, so if people want to go and check that out. Oh, but, great. Yeah, but it looks like uh, you do a lot more than just fishing pictures, correct? Yeah, I do. My wife and I have got a little boutique wedding business here in, in downtown Isla Morada. we got a little studio, and her and I shoot a few weddings a year and, and have a lot of fun with that. She she kind of works full-time as a photographer and 
part-time in a little boutique in town and I work, I guess, uh, full-time as a fishing guide and a photographer. <laughs> Takes wow. a lot of jobs down here to live on an island. <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh, you, you probably get, get a lot of people who want to come down there for weddings, I bet. We do. It's a pretty good destination for that. So I try to even throw in when we're talking to the brides. I let Lisa try to talk to the brides about the dress, and I say to the guy, "Hey, you like fishing? Why don't we go out to date before your wedding?" <laughs> I can't. I can't think of a better bachelor party than that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got actually. I've got some guys coming in doing a half day tomorrow afternoon, coming in for a bachelor party. So I'm going to try to hand them my uh, wedding card and see if they got a photographer. <laughs> I'm always working it. <laughs> there you go, man. Oh, I like that. Um, well, you know, you mentioned the the photography, and you obviously have some great on the water pictures too. I was just wondering if you have any tips for the, uh, you know, the everyday angler out there doing photography. I mean, taking trying to get action shots of fish and whatnot. I mean, I, I presume you don't take all your best equipment out there and everything. Um, do, you know, I do actually. Oh, do you? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what I, that makes what a I difference. do is, you know, the um, the cameras are much like your phone, mm-hmm. and you know how you trade your phone in every couple of years yeah. the new one's bigger or smaller or faster or better, and the cameras are the same thing. So what what I used to do is trade my camera in, and they give you pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. for the trade in for the new camera. Yeah. And what I started doing is uh, keeping that last year's camera from for the photography business is now this year's boat camera Ah. and and i just i keep a good camera on my boat and uh you know to be honest with you when i'm shooting it it's on manual because i know how to adjust things but Mm -hmm. when i give it to a client i throw it on auto and Mm -hmm. i just say just take a bunch of pictures and i'll figure it out later right and try not to cut my head off (laughs) as you'll see in some of those photos i sent you that you know, I took the ones that don't have me in it. Someone certainly took the one that I'm in it. So um, right. if I were you, I'd get a good camera. And heck, you know, with today, whether you buy it at any of the box stores or this and that, they always offer some sort of insurance plan. Get the insurance plan. Take it out there. If you don't take pictures, you're never going to take good pictures. So you got to just yeah. snap away. Uh, just I just got to go after it. I can tell you that. Any of those photos I sent you was not the only photo I took. There was three or four on either side uh. that didn't look as good. And that's that's just the truth. But I got a great iPhone. I'm talking to you on it now. And I can, you know, look up some apps yeah. and this and that, but I try not to use it as a camera. That's that's my yeah. thing. So Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Absolutely. That's a great tip to to know there that uh there's there's not great photographers, I guess there's great photo selectors That's right. take a bunch of pictures and then you pick the best one there's a lot of time editing yeah yeah maybe maybe like doing a podcast huh? I, I bet you it is so let, let's talk just a little bit about your uh your guiding business and the different types of things that you do when you take customers out well i've been guiding in downtown isla Morada out of the lorelei the world famous lorelei since about 1989 and um Mm-hmm. It's a great place. It's got a little restaurant, little bar, great place to watch the sunset. And I trailer my boat and put in right there at the ramp, as as do 25 other guides. And um, yeah. I've got two boats. One is a flats boat, and one is a contender bay boat. Um, it's their new model. If you oh, guys okay. look that up, you'll. Oh. I, I can't say enough about it. Both of my boats are fantastic. One is 18-foot, powered by a 70. And it's really for the fly fishing or the up 
in the very shallow water, sight casting, much like a hunter. You know, he sees his his um, bird and he raises his gun and shoots. Here, I'm the mm-hmm. I'm the uh, the gun dog at that point. I'm the one that tells you point your rod, <laughs> you point in that direction. You're throwing a fly or a light spinning rod. The other yep. boat is uh, is my contender bay boat, and with that, I got two wells and two coolers and a great stereo, and it goes 60 miles an hour. And it's for the general <laughs> all-around fisherman. I can take you out and catch you a mahi or a sailfish, catch you a permit on the edges of the flats, run into the backcountry. I mean, for instance, yesterday, I had a, I had a late afternoon trip, and the, my client couldn't get away till 3, so I had the boat ready with bait. We ran to the backcountry, him and his girlfriend, they caught, I think they got seven snook and four tarpon. Um, and we ran, wow. we ran an hour going 50 miles an hour to get to the spot to find the tide. But as soon as we stopped the boat, I put down the trolling motor, put it on anchor position. It held us next to this little Creek tide was falling. We were throwing live bait up there. I threw a handful out. I always say that's like passing out business cards. The next one had a hook in it <laughs> yeah. and his girlfriend had her first yep. right then. So, Oh man. Yeah. So, so that boat can get in, in skinny enough to, to do that backcountry fishing. Yeah, huh? probably goes in about 14 inches fully loaded. Uh, okay. Whereas my other one fully loaded probably goes in 12 inches. But, you know, it's just hmm. how they're making the newer stuff these days. So it's a pretty fantastic right. boat. I'm, right. I'm pretty happy with it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, do you ever have to worry about the tides getting in and out of there? I mean, does it ever get so skinny back in there? There's some oh, yeah. places you can't Ab- can't get. Absolutely. I mean, you you've got to know the area. And I got a great GPS, but but it's not uh, it's nothing like local knowledge, you might say. Yeah, you you still keep your eyes open when you're running through some of those places. You I better believe. believe it, because just for that trip I told you about, we left Isla Morada, and we took an hour drive. And winding in and out of creeks, running by mangroves, you know, on either side, I mean, the tide was falling. So when we came back, they could see ground out of the water. And, you know, we're, we're wow. snaking through a little thing. Six miles in front of you, you're looking for a PVC pipe type of thing that's not on the GPS. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you put it on the GPS. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty hairy sometimes. Other times I leave the dock and I can go catch a group for 10 minutes from the dock on the Atlantic side. I can catch a sailfish another, you know, 15 minutes past that, or we get mahi that's out in 500 foot of water. All of that is within 20 minutes of the dock. The Everglades, you're legally into the Everglades five minutes from my dock, but a lot of times I run way up in there to, to try to get to the little secret spots. So having a boat that'll really travel like that really allows you to get past the other guys that are only going, like in my little boat, in my 18 footer, I'm only going 20 miles an hour. 25 miles an hour, something like yeah. that. If it's choppy, we're going slower. In the contender, yep. if I slow down, I'm going 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's what they're made to do. That's right. Well, when we get back, Captain Greg is going to share with us an epic saltwater story. Stay tuned. As avid anglers, our mission is always fishing. But at the Telltale Fisherman, our mission is to find the most epic fishing stories from around the world. And to do that, we need your help. When you share us on social media, that's like casting a line in a new pond, lake, or ocean where the next trophy fishing story awaits. Go to tell.fish, click one of our social media icons, and help cast the net for our next inductee to the Telltale Hall of Fame. All right, we are back with Captain Greg. 
And so I know it's got to be hard for, for a guy like you to try and single out, you know, your most epic day of fishing. But, uh, you know, as you think back over the years and all the, uh, crazy good fishing you've, you've seen, was there any particular day or two that just really jump out at you? Yeah. Something that comes to mind. I mean, I think every fisherman has heard of Ernest Hemingway and always wanted to catch a big yeah. marlin or something like that. And years ago, I was a mate on a 54 foot Bertram and we left Miami, mm-hmm. went to Key West, went from Key West to Cuba, Cuba to the Cayman Islands. did all that, um, on that boat. And it was, it was a wonderful trip. And I remember not so much a fish, but meeting somebody that I often tell people, and I got a picture on my phone because a lot of them look at me and I don't believe it. And then I show them a picture. But as we got into Havana, uh, we stayed the night in Havana and then we met with some people and they gave us an option that we could go to a town called San Francisco de Paula and we could meet Gregorio Fuentes, who was Hemingway's captain, or we could go to the Hemingway oh, really? Museum. Yeah. And I said to the other guys on the boat, I mean, look, I'm just the mate. I'm the low guy on the totem pole. But I spoke up and I said, guys, you know, we got into Cuba because we got clearance because the guy that owned the boat somehow worked the system. But here we are as Americans in Cuba. Someday Cuba will open up and we can come back and we can see a museum. But the old man may not be alive. Let's go see him. And I swung the vote and we went to see him. And we sat in his living room and I met Gregorio Fuentes. And I had, really? I had a magazine, I think it was Marlin magazine. And there was an ad where you could see, um, the old man's face and Hemingway's face and the Pilar. So I had that with me and I got him to sign it. So I feel like I got, Dave oh, you know, to the fisherman, I got Dave's <laughs> yeah. autograph. Oh yeah. If anybody out there's a big time collector. I could use the dough. We can make a deal, <laughs> but I got it in frame <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll send you a picture of that so you can. I don't know if you got a way of putting that oh, photo yeah. up or something like that. I can do something like yeah, that yeah. for you. Absolutely. But that, Absolutely. you know, so, and we caught a blue marlin and we caught a bunch of stuff and I'd never caught a blue marlin before that. I didn't catch it, but I wired it. But mm-hmm. as far as like a great adventure, that was a great adventure. I've caught great fish. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I've caught bonefish permit tarpon all on a fly, all on a piece of bait. Um, I've won some big tournaments. I've lost some big tournaments. More than anything, though, I like taking a kid out and, with his dad and having him catch a fish. And, you know, it's yeah. just a lot of fun, whether we're, you know, looking to try to win a tournament to win a few bucks. That's great. And getting your name in the press and all that, that's great. I've done a bunch of videos and fortunate enough to do them with, with you know, Flip Pallet, Jose Wahebe, Mark Sosin. The list goes on and on and on. All good friends. Lefty Cray taught my wife mm-hmm. how to fly fish. But it's really? hard to wow. beat. It's really hard to beat some kid who catches his first fish. Maybe that's because I'm 50. Yeah. I didn't feel like that when I was 25. <laughs> but, you know, I just have a lot of fun with what I do. Um, I try to take a picture oh, or two along the way. And, you know, I, you know, so that's me, man. Come on down to Amarillo. Let's go. Fishing. Yeah. Heck yeah. No, I'm, I'm ready to go get in the car right now. <laughs> Is there any particular day I wonder that that stands out? You know, when you're talking about father and son fishing and and getting them on something special. You know, I just just about a month ago, and I'll send you a picture of this. Uh, I had a father and son, and the father was all about his son catching a fish, and we had a full day trip, mm-hmm. and his son caught 
you know, one of these, one of those, one of the other thing. And, and we caught a nice snapper that they were going to eat for dinner because the kid really wanted to eat for dinner. And a lot of times, you know, we'll catch something, I'll fillet it. He'll take it to a place and have a fish sandwich. And it's kind of a great story. So we had that snapper and then we caught a couple other snappers that were legal size, but they weren't really as big. But if you put all of these together, I mean, the one that the kid caught was like four pounds, which is a big snapper for us and plenty for dinner for them. But with these other ones, it would have made, you know, a nice dinner. And I said to him, Hey, you want to catch a shark? And his eyes lit up, you know? So I took him (laughs) and we, and we, we, uh, used the snapper as bait to catch the shark. And we had gone through the, the, we'd gone through four of them. We caught four sharks and then we had that one big snapper, which was enough for like an appetizer still, but not for dinner for mom, dad, and you know, the little boy. And he said, Captain Greg, he says, I know that's dinner, but let's catch one more shark. (laughs) So I thought that was great. (laughs) And he caught that. And then his dad had this great day, uh, watching his son fish and all that. And then I said to the dad, look, you know, the tide's right. And I know that you really brought him, but you were talking earlier about permit fishing. I said, I love permit fishing. Mm -hmm. He says, man, I always wanted to catch a permit. I said, well, let's go. So we spent a few extra minutes and we ran to a spot and it was like all the planets were in alignment. As soon as we got to the spot, there was a permit that like stuck its tail out of the water and the father passed out there and he caught a permit. So his dad had a great day besides his son. And I got a great picture of the dad pulling this fish out of the water and water's all over the place. And then, you know, they, they brought it up and we took a quick picture with him sitting with his son. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of cool that both of them had a great day, which is not, you know, which is not uncommon for me. But, but the fact that we caught some fish and then we caught these big sharks and, you know, I'm sure they had a hamburger or something for dinner. I mean, they didn't, they didn't starve, but they caught some good fish that day. <laughs> they didn't care no, at that point. no. Well, yeah, I mean, they probably both had their most epic day of fishing right there they you did. Know, on, they on did. the same boat at the same time. Yeah, because the father, wow. when we got back, he says, hey, can we mount this? I said, look, get home, think about it, ask your wife, and uh, if you want it mounted, let me know. We'll get that mounted for you. <laughs> I hadn't heard back, right. then, but it was only a couple of weeks ago, so he might, he might be waiting for the right time, you know? <laughs> Some girls don't like a big old wow. fish mounted. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to hang mine in my office here, not not at home. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Wow, that's that, that's pretty amazing to be able to go out there and do that. If if and if only the fish would uh, uh, respond on cue like that all the time, huh? Well, you know, I tell them, tell people all the time. Look, I'm going to take you out in a great boat. We're going to have a well full of bait. I got a cooler full of ice, and I got a great stereo. But sometimes my business partners don't show up. <laughs> I mean, even Siegfried and Roy thought they had that tiger trained. Yeah, yeah, and they learned otherwise, didn't they? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, I guess I guess sometimes it doesn't matter how many of those business cards you hand out, the fish still just don't want to uh, don't want to play. That is correct, sir. That is correct. <laughs> That's. That's why they call it fishing. That's it. Man. All right. Well, Captain Greg, that was awesome. And uh, we we got a couple of uh, awesome stories there. And uh, I just really appreciate you coming on today and sharing them with us. Thanks so much. Hey, well, thanks for uh, for having me as a part of things. And, you know, if anybody wants to take their family or get away from their family and just come fishing by themselves, give me a ring. Absolutely. And we'll have all of uh, your information posted with the uh, with the episode so people can find you. All right. Sounds great. Hey, thanks for having me as a part of this. It's uh, what you do is really great getting spreading the word about 
the fun we're having. And I'm sure some people will be out there driving down the highway and, you know, just need to get away from it all. So come down to our little island here and we'll go catch a fish. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Okay, bud. Don't forget to visit tell.fish slash gear to get our recommendations on gear that will take your angling adventures to the next level and help make you the next Telltale Fisherman. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.